You're listening to the Sensuality Project Podcast, where the messiness of real life gets sexy, hosted by Stacey Herrera. This podcast is intended for mature audiences only. Episodes contain profane language and topics of a sexual nature that may not be suitable for children. Listener discretion is strongly advised. Welcome to another episode of the Sensuality Project Podcast. I am your host, Stacey Herrera. I'm super excited about my guest this week, Sophia Wiseone. You may have heard of Sophia. She is host of the Vagina Talks podcast, and I had the pleasure of being a guest, and it was by far one of the best conversations I had in 2017. And we recorded this particular chat back in 2017 also, but we talked about so many things, and I think that this may have been one of my most vulnerable interviews. Like, Sophia is an open book, and she navigates the space of vulnerability and presence amazingly. Every single time I talk to her, I feel so nourished and I feel like I see so much of myself. And I always, 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 always have an aha, epiphany, oh shit moment. Like seriously, (laughs) this conversation was no different. Sophia is just really grounded and present and comfortable in her skin and she's comfortable in the uncomfortable parts too like how powerful is that she is like one of those women that you admire and aspire to take wisdom from like she's like so like Sophia Wise One is an appropriate name for her (laughs) so this conversation we talk a lot about relationships and navigating the space of togetherness and independence and interdependence and the messiness and sexuality and everything, everything. We talk about everything. This is a great one. And this is one that you really want to be present for. So if you are driving, tune in and pay attention to the road. (laughs) If you're not, just like soak it in. It's probably a conversation you're going to have to listen to twice. At least that's how it's been for me. So I want you to get the fullness of the experience. Definitely an episode to share with your friends. And let me know what you think. Like, I'd love to hear from you. So feel free to shoot me an email at Stacy at StacyHerrera.com with any feedback about any episode, this episode or any episode. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, yeah, so enjoy. So your partner's been away and you're horny as hell. Your job is to tell them what, when, where, and how you want to be stimulated. What do you say? I'm like breaking a sweat here. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, yeah. So, all right. Okay. So maybe I'm stalling, but can I like indirectly respond to that question for a minute? Absolutely. You can okay. any, any way you want to. It's your world. I'm just here to listen. So I was like really into phone sex when I was younger. It was like one of my favorite things. I think, I don't know. I mean, I don't know why, but like I, it like really, it was 
I don't know. I just loved it. And it's one of those things that often comes up for me is like, uh, like, where did that go? Like, why is that not part of my life anymore? Like, when did that end? You know? And, uh, you know, it's like, I kind of have a little bit of a tragic tale of where it ended, but like, you know, just cause it ended in this one circumstance, why did it end kind of across the board? Like where'd that shutdown kind of happen? And then, and then kind of not come back up. And so it's, it's funny that you say this cause it's like that describing process is something that like, it's like you just tapped into some like locked away compartment in me right now. Just by asking that, I'm just like, whoa, yes. like, whoa, okay. Uh, well, uh, ooh, okay. <clears throat> and I'll also say that like one of my favorite things to do in bed for, you know, a long time, as long as I can remember is, is storytelling too. So like, you know, it's like that whole kind of all of those things. Um, and neither of those are particularly happening in my life right now, but, um, Look, so at what, the, look at the universe working. <laughs> I know, right? I was like, literally, literally. I want, it's like, literally, it's just, yeah, spirit working on me through you right now. Like, for real, for real. Like, uh, I mean, you shouldn't see me. My face right now, I was like, my eyes are big. I'm like looking around my apartment like, um, uh, <laughs> woo, all right. I love you. I'm in. Um, yeah, it's like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking about like how like burnt out I am on so many levels. Like where my mind goes, it's like, I'm getting a massage. It's three and a half hours long. <laughs> you know, like you start at my feet, you work each of my feet for like 20 minutes each. And then you work my calves for like a half hour each until I'm just like, you work it like my knees and then you get to my thighs and it's like, quiet, just like still, you know? And then it's like, you get to my hips and my glutes and my groin and we're like nowhere near penetration or my vulva. It's just this like quiet, present. I can really feel the way in which I'm like, I'm very aware of right now in my life, the armor that I have around the like inch and a half around my vulva and around my anus, like these areas that are just, I'm just like, uh, they're like hyper vigilant, you know, and so it's like I feel this like slow, like present touch that's just like quiet and without agenda and just like here, you know. And then it's like the belly is like petting, and then it, the and then it's the back, and that's just like oil and just melty. And at this point I'm like totally like drooling and like half asleep. And it's just Look, like, you just listen. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like feeling, I'm like, yes, yes, yes. You know, it's like, and the like, the like rubbing along the spine, but then the like, this really like gentle touch along the, the bones of the spine you know, not like pushing, massaging on the spine that doesn't usually feel good, but this like affection on the spine, the space in between, just like breathing. And then like into the armpits and the shoulders, this like squeezing, just like letting everything go. And then coming over and doing this, like the, like the top of my chest and the heart doing these like slow, deep presses down my chest and then these like very like round kind of li- round lines. That's what this like pressing 
along my breasts. And then this like reach, I feel this feeling of this like reaching up my throat. So again, it's this oil, it's this like opening, this like softening, like opening up my throat and like working into like my jaw, pulling my ears and then like rubbing my head, like all through my scalp, like really gently like pulling my hair. And then I didn't even get to the arms yet. So it's like my hair, my face. And then it's just like, so I'm like totally, totally melted. And then this like squeezing down the arms, especially in the forearms, like into my wrist, this like invitation to just like let go. And then my palms and my fingers, just like everything like melting. And then, and then this like sweet, like this, like everything's just melted and sweet. And then it's like, they get really quiet. And then I don't even know where do they pick, like somewhere along like the side of my body, like this, like really light touch, this kind of like a wave, like from the shoulder down to the hip, back up to the shoulder. And they just start like telling me sweet things. So like no talking before this, like a little bit of talking, whatever, no pressure, but like pretty quiet. But then like with the petting and like the words of affection, like all the ways in which I am lovable and inspiring and doing a good job. (laughs) Tell me I'm doing a good job. And this like sweet, just the sweet and, and inspirations and at this point I've like gone down into this like deep quiet and then like kind of woke back up. So it's like, I went down into this like total deep relaxation. And now that I'm waking up, I can feel that I'm just like soft and open and wet and loved. And I just feel like this like cosmic ocean of love and affection. Um, and then like my breath starts to deepen. And, and then it's like, then it's like this, the communication happens like through breath. It's like I breathe like the ocean and then they feel this ocean. And, and then, you know, when that, you know, when like you start to smell things before and it's like anything's happened, you know? So it's like, they can like taste in your mouth, you know, like what's happened. You can like begin to like taste all of that. And it's like, you're breathing and you're tasting, we're breathing and we're tasting and we're smelling. And then it's just like, this is, I mean, this is right. This is for me. This is like my edge right now. I'm just feeling very protective of my sexuality right now. I'm like in this like deep place of, um, in so many ways, Stacy. I feel like I'm, cl- I'm claiming, I'm getting my sexuality for the first time in my life for myself. Yes. You know, yes. it's like, yes. it was hijacked so early on, you know? And so it's like, <laughs> I'm so protective of like anybody else having it. I just feel like I have so many patterns that if someone else is in the room, I lose it. Like instead of it growing and becoming mine, it like goes away. So it's like, that's like a scary threshold for me, but to to be brave right now and and to believe that it's possible to have this safe cosmic sensual. I'm here to tell you it is. (laughs) It is, honey cow. It is. It is possible. And you and you know what? Because you're in this space, mm-hmm. what what and who you invite from this space is going to give you that. Yeah. Cause because nobody else can be in it, you know? Right. Like someone that can't hold space for you, even if they arrive, they can't stay that long. Because because it's just you just can't be, you know, 
I've said this to somebody recently, like you can't even be with me if you're not ready to be better. Right. Like you can't like, and and I'm like, that's not me. Like Mm-mm. being arrogant. Mm-mm. That shit is real. If you cannot be better, you cannot be with me. You can't even hardly be in a room with me for that long yeah. because I'm going to bring up your shit. Mm-hmm. You're going to get mad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you're going to get mad and you, you're going to kick rocks. Or if you stay, it will be like feeling like, like standing next to an oven because it's going to get hot. Mm. So, so, so yes, it is. You are, it, it, it's, a, it's so possible. All you have to do is open yourself to it, but, but it's possible like to be met. It, it, it can happen. And it'll probably be some really outrageous, like great story to tell. <laughs> Well, okay. So let's like get some like nitty gritty details here. I'm like, uh, I hope so. I'm married and I love my partner. I am so, I could just burst into tears right now. I'm so grateful for our marriage. I was just saying this the other day. We had this like long, deep day all day this past Saturday. We just were like in it. We just started talking when we woke up, slept in. We had taken the day to kind of not have plans with other people. And it was just like tears streaming down our face, honesty pouring out of our mouth, just like courage and kindness. And it was just an incredible, incredible time. And one of the things that I was saying at the end of the day was just that like, I'm so grateful for my marriage. Like my marriage is this process and this commitment that is, um, has been a purifying place for me to be more of myself, more of to have more love, more divinity, more sacredness. And and one of the things that came up for me was that um, we were, you know, when we first got together, the, our sex was un, unparalleled in these certain ways. It was like just completely unparalleled. And it opened me up. Like what you're talking about, like, like she was the person who, um, it was like the, I mean, I say this, the first man I ever had sex with was my wife. I mean, the, 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 the divine masculine energy that like literally like, penetrated my being mm-hmm. um, shocked me to my core and just like wrecked everything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you know, and that's what happens. That's what happens. And it's totally what happens. And it's like, it initiated this like years and years of process. I mean, I just, it was like, I had this huge opening and then it was like, all of this that I've been talking about became kind of surging to the surface. And what got me into pelvic floor work was after we had this incredible opening sex, all of my wounding that wasn't even sex related, that was just root related came yes. pouring out. I had pelvic, horrible pelvic pain. I knew I had, I couldn't have sex. It was painful. I was, you know, it was like really intense. And that's when I got handed Tammy Lynn Kent's book. And then I did her book and with groups of women. And then I always studied with her. And that's why I do intravaginal body work now is because I needed it. And, and I've been learning for, for fucking years now, all of these things about my whole being. And, 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 and I came to this point where I recently, you know, in this process, the way that like really divine relationships do that, where it's like, we push each other and then we catch up and we push, like we take turns pushing each other, you know? So she initiated this massive opening. And then, you know, I, uh, at, at some point I had this realization that the way in which we were trying to connect and heal 
in our in our sexual relationship in our sexual dynamics um, was actually damaging to both of us because of exactly what you're talking about, which is that we were running these trauma patterns and we weren't holding space for each other. We were like triggering each other, and then it would it became instead of being able to stay present and be spacious we would just, it was like, it just all of both of us, like I would get like furious and hurt and weeping and demanding and, and she would get silent and blamey and aggressive. And so it was like, I finally put the foot down and I said, no sex until we change these patterns. These patterns aren't just in sex. These patterns are everywhere in our life. And I'm not having sex with these patterns anymore. Like I'm not having sex with these patterns until these patterns are different for everyone. For me and for you. And so I'm in this place right now. And we, like I said, we just recently had this conversation where it's like, these patterns are changing. Like it's been a huge healing and, and moving us towards the actual sex that both of us want by taking this time where it's like, you know, recognizing that the patterns that were hurting us were not patterns necessarily caused by or, or just limited to sex, that our patterns were our patterns. And that like to be like, you're talking about like, you can barely stay being in the room with me. It's like, okay, we can be with a room with each other, but when shit gets real, how do we navigate when we're stimulating that healing? And, and we've been doing this like massive studying and it's, it's motivating. I'll tell you like no sex until you get your fucking trauma shit under wrap is like definitely a motivating story. I think for both of us to just be like, you know, because we really want a marriage and I do like, I believe in a marriage that is more sexually satisfying as the years go on, not less. Yes, like there's, yes. you know, more emotionally safe and, and inspiring, you know, m- you know, more um, voluptuous and tender. Um, you know, I, I, there's nothing about that, that there's nothing about marriage to me. And to be really clear, when I say marriage, like I didn't marry Kim, I married God that's manifested as Kim mm-hmm. because I couldn't marry an ego construction. I couldn't marry an identity. And I couldn't ask someone to marry my identity. I was like, I can't. I just, it's, that's not going to last. What are you going to do 20 years from now? Right. <laughs> when that's long yeah. and gone, you might not want to be married to that, you know? And so this place of like being married to this divinity and our vows are really particular about what we're doing and why we're doing it. Yeah, go. You're, I can hear you. Well, you know, you know, I'm really glad that you that I'm glad that you opened and unfolded in this way because I think that it's really important and we don't often we definitely don't I mean you you both went into marriage in a very from a very conscious perspective, but the majority of people do not. Correct. So I'm glad that you mentioned all of that because you become different people. And so you know, in the beginning, she was the person that that pushed you out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And and over time, you guys have, have taken turns. And I'm sure sometimes it was both of you at once, but sometimes it's one and not the other. Yeah, for and, sure. You know, in and out, in and out. But you just keep becoming these different people. Mm-hmm. So like now, now you're being met by someone who is able to meet you. Mm. Even though when she was, when back then, you couldn't meet her. Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. But like, totally. but like now, like now you are, you are opening and that's the, that's the contraction, right? Like yeah. the contraction is the, I'm guarding this part of myself because yeah. in order to expand, you cannot not contract. Right. That, that's the most uncomfortable part though. <laughs> you know, that's the most uncomfortable. But in order for us to get to the opening, 
we have to keep contracting. And our, our, our sacred work is to breathe through the contraction, right? Amen. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. But, but initially, our instinctively, you know, when, when it gets uncomfortable. Hold our, our breath. Exactly. Yeah. We do it all. We do it with pleasure. We do it with pain. We do it yep. when we're happy. We do it when we're sad, when we're excited, when we're nervous. Like that's our go-to is to cut the breath off. Mm. So congratulations. Mm. <laughs> congratulations. Well, and I also really want to celebrate you both for going into it with your eyes and your hearts wide open. Mm. Because it's so easy to marry the idea of marriage. Yeah. You know, to 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 buy the idea of love. Mm-hmm. To Commit to the rom com. Yeah. I mean, I did. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. it's, it's especially like, you know, like I happen to, I love romance. Like, like, get, please, I live for romance novels. Like, I can mm. watch The Holiday any season all year long. We watch The Holiday. <laughs> <laughs> you just named one of it's like a family, but like that. Yes. It's, it's an incredible, if anyone hasn't seen it, it's so good. But yes, yes, but don't be confused when you watch it. Exactly. Like, but you know, like so often, and I know I was one of those people, I bought the 90 minute romance guide and I kept buying it every time I bought a movie ticket, every time I picked up a novel, you know, I kept buying it. And then not understanding how come what I'm experiencing doesn't look like that. But you can't live a lifetime in two hours. That's not what it looks like. You know, you know, the the formula for a for a movie script is specific, but that that formula doesn't really fit in real life. And in even in the pockets where it does, the yeah. formula doesn't end. It just another it, it comes up again. Right. So you know, you do fall in love and then you come then there's a problem and then you get mad and then you confront the problem and then you work through the problem, except for here comes another one. Right. And that's the part that I think is the most challenging is unraveling the stories that we've made up about what love is supposed to look like. So like you guys were so ahead of the game <laughs> to go in with, with the intention of, of creating space and not buying into the, all the stories that the ego has devised that prevent love from being able to show up. Let's just talk about that for a second, though, because I, it's like, yes, 100%, 100,000, everything you just said. And I'm sitting here going, is The Holiday the movie I'm thinking about? But it doesn't really matter. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't matter which holiday it is. The same, it's the same movie. Yeah. Um, but it's like that knowing that the love or the movie or the whatever, that that equation is just like one small part of a very long equation. I have that notion of like zooming out and like we think the equations like these like four characters and you zoom out and it's one of these like massive uh, math equations from like NASA or something where it's like a full, it's like, oh, that's the equation. We thought it was like these six characters, but it's these like 720. But this place of as much as we know that, like so much of inside our marriage. And like one of the things that I get very wary of is like, I, I get wary of talking about marriage, like, oh, I know how to do it, right? Like, but like one thing that I do understand and that I do feel confident about is like relationshiping, 
you yes. know, that like a marriage is advanced relationshiping and like, it's just, you know, and it's like the, the principles actually don't change. And I think that's where we get confused is that we think that love or marriage or romance supersedes or like goes beyond or no longer needs the basic Mm -hmm. and the required nuance and commitment and, and, and showing up that just any kind of healthy relationshiping needs, you know, and that it takes so much to undo. Like, I'm just thinking about this, like recent conversation where we're like having this conversation and like saying like, you know, what if we needed to change our our agreement, for instance, um, you know, what if I needed more personal space to do my spiritual practice for the next six months and I needed to get my own apartment because I need to do that work? Like people might watch that and perceive that as something very different than what it is in reality, right? Like, oh, you're separated. It's like, no, we're super married. Like, right. this is really, this is being really married. Like, we're not confused. I'm not leaving because she's the problem. We're just trying to find a way to continue to be the whole beings we've committed to being. And like, if I'm not going to move out, how am I going to get that space in my house in a shared way when I know I have patterns of enmeshment? When someone else is in the house, I can skip my own needs. What am I going to do so that I can really do what I need to do to change those patterns while I'm in the middle of them? That's difficult. That's advanced. Like, and so the willingness to like look at that and know that like it's just going to be a challenge because and I always always say this where it's like <laughs> I don't think anyone's ready for marriage ever. Like I just yeah, I ever, ever ever nobody is ready no, for marriage. Look, don't even, get married. <laughs> even those people who have been married multiple times, they weren't ready the second or the third time. Right. Exactly. And like uh, you know, my wife and I are not ready to be married, but we are. And what I say to people is when you meet someone and you just feel like it's just what you have to do, then it's the same thing as like when I think people feel like they need to go out into space or they need to be an artist or musician, then you just do what you have to do and you show up to it. It's not because you, you're should or you're supposed to where you're ready. It's because whether you're ready or not, it's what you need to do. And then you just have to keep doing it. Like, just have to keep doing it. Like, maybe we're not ready to be married. We're still dismantling uh, enmeshment patterns, you know, emotional responsibility, you know, mommy, daddy issues, ownership of sexuality. Like, yes. all of those things are still here. But the truth is, like, we felt called to do this together. And so the work is to do the work even if no one else was in the room and no one else was in the apartment and I wasn't married, I still would have hard days where I hated myself, where my sexuality was confusing, where I felt fucking fabulous. Those things aren't created by having a partner. They're just witnessed and kind of exacerbated by having a partner. Yes. You know, um, it's so interesting. Um, I just want to say I'm an advocate for being married and not living together, but whatever. (laughs) <laughs> I just wanted to add that, but oh, great! <laughs> one of the things that um, I'm grateful that you talked about doing the work. Um, I recently had a conversation with one of my friends and she was having some challenges um, between like her, her partner and her daughter. And she asked me, what, what should I do? How should I initiate a conversation with them? And my response to her was do your work. That's right. She's like, you know, and I'm like, I know that might sound confusing to you. Mm-hmm. But if you want to see shift happen in the people around you, mm-hmm. do your own work. Woo! 
is everybody listening? Everybody, everybody, my plants, my heart, right? Stacy, anybody listening right now? The, Stacy, this is the show. I'm like hitting things. Okay, sorry, cool, recording. No. Okay, yes, yes, yes. I just want to say yes. Like, yes, 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 yes. You are not the only person who knows this. I know this. I'm in the training ground right now. It's, it's what I promised them. I said, if you do your work and show up six months from now, the people that you love will start to change in big ways. Absolutely. They will change. You will not have to make them. It will just start happening. You just have to do your own work. I have seen it over and over and over again. Every time I have a breakthrough, I see it in the police, people closest to me. My mother, my sister, my wife, my, like, my, my best friends. Like It always ripples. We can talk about why or how, and I have answers from that for my own understanding, but that's not important. What's important is like in that equation that like, it's just real, like it has a ripple effect and that it's the most potent and powerful way. Yes. When you do your, when you do your work, the people around you, because you're not separate from your environment. So the people or, and the things, the circumstances, all of those things, the situations, stuff you're presented with, those things will either change or they will be removed. There is no other option. So sometimes, sometimes, you, sometimes you change and that means that the person can't stay in your orbit. And that's not a bad thing. That means that they were not meant to, you were meant to facilitate that step for them. Right, that initial, yeah. yeah. You know, it doesn't yeah. mean that, oh, it was a waste of time because that's where people go. You know, like that's where we go when someone has to go. Ugh. You know, why, you know, why are they leaving me or did I push away or what's wrong with me? I think you'll like this. Stacey, I call that using other people to beat ourselves up. Right? Yeah. Exactly. Because yeah. nothing, nothing triggers your not enoughness like someone leaving. Like, right. <laughs> woo! <laughs> nothing triggers mm. it. But, but, you know, like those are the two choices. Like those are, those are the two evolutions, I guess is a better word, is once you do your work, everything will shift. And sometimes mm-hmm. things and people shift out of your environment. But that means I, I truly believe that everything that shows up is always for the absolute best thing for your life. Like one of, someone in my family recently had, had a cancer scare. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was having a conversation with a friend and was like, well, you know, what do you think? I'm like, oh, I'm not worried. And that's like, I'm like, yeah, I'm not worried because I said, even if it's cancer, I know that that will be the best thing for his life. As crazy as that might sound, because, you know, the truth is, is that cancer is so intimate. You know, mm-hmm. so cancer is so intimate. So I can't say what it, what it came to show. That's not my job. But if, right. if, that, if that's the diagnosis, then that means that that is the best way to facilitate the next, next wave of evolution for him. I don't get to determine what someone's you know, life looks like. I don't even, some of the stuff I don't get to determine for my own life. Like not consciously anyway. Right. So, yeah, no, for sure. For so, sure. <laughs> there are a lot yeah. of things that when it showed up, it's just like, what the fuck is this? What the fuck? Are you fucking kidding me? Right? I call that choosing that my mantra is I'm choosing to believe I choose to believe this is the best case scenario. Absolutely. It's Absolutely. just like and just that's it. This is it. This is the best case scenario. That's it. Absolutely. And sometimes I get to know why and sometimes I don't. <laughs> yep. And that and that's real. Even um, I don't know. Did I share the story of my losing my sight on when we talked the last time? No. Okay. Well, I'm partially blind in my left eye. You made and, reference to it, but I didn't tell the story. Yeah. Well, when that happened though, like 
the people around me like were freaking out that I wasn't freaking out, like <laughs> including the doctor. Yeah. Like he would come into the, to my room and he'd like, look, I, I mean, I felt sorry for him because he would just look sad and he would be like, you know, nothing's changing. And what are you going to do if your sight doesn't come back? And I was like, I'm going to adapt. Mm. That's what my body's designed to do. What do you mean? And he's like, and I was like, that's what, that's what I'll do. I was like, you know, I'm really grateful that eyes come in pairs. I think that the design is awesome. Thanks. <sighs> so yeah. like, like, what do I need to have a pity party about that for? So usually it's not like, it rarely comes up for me unless I'm in a situation where I'm uncomfortable because sometimes it's fluorescent lights or temperature, like different things will, will make me uncomfortable. And it will, if my body starts to feel fatigued, I see the deficit more than, mm. you know, more than when I'm, you know, fully rested. So, mm. you know, I might bring it up if it's some discomfort, but most of the time, like, I'm not handicapped. Like, <laughs> I'm not handicapped because that was actually the best thing that could have happened at the time where I was my, because the body is literal. I literally needed to lose my sight so I could see. Mm. It could not have happened in any other part of my body because it would not have been as impactful. So it was exactly what I needed. I mean, was it fucked up? Yes, it's still fucked up. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yes, let's not be confused that appreciation right. does not mean, yeah, it's not, yes. elegant. right, no, yeah. It's I hear great you. and fucked up simultaneously. At the same so time. Duality is real. And, but that's, that's my reality. I mean, some days, you know, are better than others and it's been three and a half years. And, and it's still like, it's, it's been fucked up the last couple of days. Like, <laughs> so it, it happens, but that's what I needed. And it's a, it's a reminder of my resilience. It's, mm. it's a reminder. I'm reminded every single day of my sensuality because I know like, you know, I used to just see like the way vision worked. I saw it in a textbook you know, all the refractory stuff inside the eyeball and all of that. It was theory though, for me, mm-hmm. but, like after having lost my sight, like the, the little sight that I do have that came back, it came back in black and white at first. I thought that was fucking awesome. Wow. I was like, I can't believe that I can't see any colors. Like, you know, because again, like I had read that stuff in textbooks. I mean, I took biology and physiology and anatomy and right. I thought it was fascinating, but it is completely different to actually experience it. Like I got to experience the the magical powers of my body healing itself. Mm. The doctors did not think that the site was going to, that any of it was going to come back. I, I went off the medication because I didn't like the way it felt. Yep. I was just like, I'm just going to give my body time and space to do its job. And it did its job. And Honestly, I'm vain, Sophia. So you know what I was worried about? I was worried about being cockeyed. I was like, is my eye going to be drifting all over the place? Right. Looking? Like, that was my concern. I was like, I don't care if I can see out the thing, but is it going to look like I can see? Right. <laughs> so, Fair. You know, Fair but, question. Yeah. Thankfully, uh, it worked out. And, and I, do, I do have some sight in my eye. And, and, it, and it's, it's been a very brilliant experience because mm-hmm. I, am, I am now able to appreciate and use the other enhancements that came as a result of that deficit because you never get anything taken away without something coming to replace and enhance and make it more juicy. 
you just got to be open. Like, but there, you know, like, there's no such thing as you lost something. You cannot lose without gaining. That the mm-hmm. universe is designed that way. There's no such thing as is lost without gain. Period. They just go together. You know, everything is 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 in pairs. You know, the fem- masculine and the feminine, the positive and the negative, the loss and the gain. Like that's how the universe works. Yeah, it's a partnership always. So I'm yeah, just taking, I'm just taking that in, Stacy. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 it's. Uh, Oh, life is delicious. Look, now I'm going to ask you another question. Okay. Now, that, now we're talking, like, well, how do you feel about the word pussy? Meh. <laughs> I love it. Tell, tell, me what's, tell me what makes you feel like that. I think it's the people in my life that used it, honestly. Yeah. yeah. It's like some of them were just like, and not even people that I didn't like, but like, like I have a relative where that's their word of choice, you know, and they're like close to me and I'm just like, all right, that's your word. But like, I, I don't want it to be my word because that's your word, Yeah, you know, because we're like family, close family, you know? And then it's like, I have like other, just kind of that, like the, yeah, like other people, the way that it was like termed, like, you know, it can be cool in a moment. It can be like, it can be sexy in a moment. I don't mind other people using it at all, mm-hmm. you know, pussy power, blah, blah, blah yada, yada. I also really have a very real affection with actual cats. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I feel like there's a way in which like all the like pussy cat jokes to me, like purring, all those references to me just feel like, but I actually have a very live and alive and like sensual and very like real relationship with cats in my life. Mm-hmm. So I think that was like another thing that just like didn't quite like hit right for me for like my use. It's like, like I much prefer cunt. You know, now I, I I have a hard time with cunt. I get that. Yeah, I I never I never used the word pussy until I was a a real grown like I'm 44, so probably about 42. Like, yeah. <laughs> like never used it. I mean, you know, like not as a, a way of speaking, and mm-hmm. n- like I probably use it more in the last you know three or two or three years than than ever. But I don't mind it when you say it. Oh well, thank you. Let me say it. Yeah. Again. Pussy. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. You got like a thing. It's like, yeah, like when people like that, like I like, am I like it? I'm like, yeah, you do. Yeah. But yeah, I, keep- I, I, I've never been able to embrace cunt. It just sounds like, I think it's the, not just, a lot of it is the way that people use it. Just like uh-huh. pussy for you. Like a lot of it is the way people have used it and the way that I've seen people use it. Um, you know, I guess with pussy, I haven't been as impacted because most, for the most part, girls are not called pussies. So I think that I just didn't have, I, no one said that to me as a, used it as a weapon on me. Yeah, for sure. Where, you know what I mean? Whereas cunt. Right. Yeah, that's why. And I, I never, I, cunt wasn't a word that crossed my path as a derogatory term mm-hmm. until I learned it as a reclamation term. Mm. So I learned about cunt from a place of being like, people say that like a mean way. And I'm like, I don't know if I've ever heard that. Like I never, I didn't grow up with that as a weapon. And, and I like it cause it's like fierce and like edgy. And, and I think also cause I learned it in my like very, you know, in my like late teens, early twenties, like in college mm-hmm. as this like radical reclamation, like you try to hurt me with it, but like, this is my power word. So I think there's like a lot, I have a lot of those kind of like spunky, it's like the hidden punk rocker in me, you know, <laughs> yes. it's like, 
you know, uh, you know, that like likes that. But as I, I often find like I just don't very few words actually really satisfy me at all. I, you know, my podcast is called Vagina Talks. And, um, I often refer to like the intravaginal work or vagina work, things like that. And I use vagina. It's okay. It's not my favorite. Cunt's not my favorite. Pussy's not my favorite. Yoni, I really appreciate. It feels like the most kind of honest whole word I've come across. Mm -hmm. Um, but it also doesn't necessarily feel like sexy to me. It just feels like real and feels like whole, which has a sexiness to it. I should say. I, I think I agree with you. I don't, there's no word that I... I mean, sometimes I use pussy for shock value. Uh-huh. When someone asks me, asks me, like, what do you do? I, I often will say, oh, I talk about, I talk about pussy all day. <laughs> but usually I do it because, you know, based on who it is, like, because then they're going to start asking me questions. Right. So, right, right, right. So, I, so I use it for that. But, but it doesn't, it, I, never, I never refer to my own as that. Right. Like, I never say, oh, my pussy, never. Usually I might say, like, I smell my vagina. Or, right. Or, you know, like my vulva is tender or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think I like name things like my lips, my clit. Yeah. yeah. Um, like inside, like, uh, yeah, my cervix. I don't know. I, think, I don't know. It's like, and yeah, more. Yeah. I'm with yeah. you. I'm with you. Okay. Now I'm going to ask you a fun question. So I'm going to give you three descriptors and you tell me what you think it is. Okay. Okay. I'm always on top unless I get blown. You have to be careful when you get off me. I get wet first. What am I? Let me again. Again. I'm always on top unless I get blown. You have to be careful when you get off me. I get wet first. The mouth? A roof. A roof? Yes. <laughs> like, I'm always on top unless I get blown. <laughs> you have to be careful when, careful you, when get you get off, off of me. Yeah. I get wet first. You do. <laughs> you do, roof. It's funny because I'm literally just watching the snow melt off the roof. I'm just like watching like water drip off the roof out my window right now. So that's how, double. How cold is it there? Uh, not too cold. 40. Shit, that's cold. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was just having this conversation with a friend of mine. We both lived in Ithaca at different times. I went to massage school in Ithaca and they went to college there. And we we're walking our dogs this morning and we were talking about the temperature and said, you know, I loved living in Ithaca because it taught me what cold is. So that now living in Philadelphia or even living in New Mexico when I lived in the mountains, I just have like a different relationship. Like Ithaca taught me to appreciate 20 degrees as being warm in comparison to 10 degrees. Like when we broke 20, my face was like, oh, wow, it's definitely 20 degrees outside. It's, it's way past 10 degrees. Like that, I learned about cold and like a whole other, just a whole other world, you know? Feeling cold is different than like dangerous cold, you yeah, know? Yeah. That feeling at 40 degrees, like I could get stuck outside for a long time before it killed me. Mm-hmm. Like well, I would probably I'm, like I'm, a long, long time, you know, I'm but like 20 degrees, word. 10 degrees. That's a fucking problem. Yeah. I'm going to take your word. I, I have no fucking clue. I'm cold clueless. Like, I'm cold clueless. <laughs> because like May you stay that way. Darling. When, it, when it gets to like 50 right here, we're like, oh my God. It's so oh. like we had, it was like, it was like 80 degrees yesterday. 
like that's it's like hot. You, you can't even like put you well we wear flip-flops year-round even in the winter but like now it's like you can't like I see people in boots and I'm like where the fuck do you think you're at like it's 79 degrees like <laughs> <laughs> what do you got those boots on for like yeah I, I do not know like I think the coldest that I've ever really experienced um here, like we we got to we got in the in the high forties one time, like a couple of years ago. But like my mom, my mom lives in the desert, and it's gotten too close to thirty, you know, like um, one time. But they and they got snow one time. Like I really don't know. Um, have you never been in snow? I have, but it was like a day. Like we drove up to you know, like Big Bear. You know what I mean? Like and then we right. come home back down. Right. <laughs> Like you go and visit the snow. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and then you come back. So hey. yeah, I wouldn't even know how to I would just be in the house all the time. Cause like I can't even imagine like it there's be- no bad weather, only bad gear. Well, you know what? Um I to be determined, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm serious. Like if you're gonna go cold, like if you're gonna go cold, like it's one of those things where it's like it's really different when I've got my like high quality, like under armor on and I got my, you know, my good coat, my good hat, my good gloves. Like I can stay out all day and be happy. And it's, and then the, the, cause my body is warm and I'm producing my own heat. Mm-hmm. There's heat coming off of me, you know? And yeah. then the cool air feels nice. It feels crisp. It feels clean. It feels um, fresh. It feels quiet. It feels, you know, it like has all these things, but like, if I am wearing the wrong coat and I didn't bring my scarf and there's no hat, it's just like, it's terrible. It's just terrible. Being cold in the cold without your stuff is just terrible. But good boots, that's the other thing. I think that's a good hat, good boots, and obviously a coat. A long coat makes all the difference if it's really yeah. cold. My mom loves to tell that story because I moved to New York City and uh, we went to San Diego. My dad gave his kidney to his best friend. Um, from college, and we went out to San Diego for the surgery. Hold and my to your dad, right? My dad's awesome. By the way, that's a big deal. Yeah, like, it's a big, are, they're it's still a big friends, deal. right? Yes, he oh, did God. pass. His friend did pass, but um, yeah. Was it a, I, was it a long time after? Uh, he got a number of years. Oh, good. Yeah, that wasn't like immediate what a, by any what a means. Beautiful gift to give someone. Like, yeah, you know, that's like a big deal. It's a big deal, especially to, you know, even if it's like a friend, but like it's, you know, like there's a different thing to like a different level of societal obligation Mm. that comes with giving a, an organ to a family member, to someone out of your bloodline. So that's why I'm like, that's a really big deal. It was really sweet too. Cause my dad sat us down my, um, it's funny that you say that cause my dad sat down my brother, my sister and I, and said, I want to check with you. Um, I, I don't know if it was before or after that he got tested to see if he was a match, but maybe it was just like the first level of matching blood type or something like that. And he said, um, I'm thinking about giving my, my kidney. And I said, um, he said, I just want to check with you before you do it. And, um, and I don't remember exactly how all of us responded, but I remember for the most part, we were like, I was confused. I was like, why would you check with us? And my dad was like, well, what if one of you needs one? Like I will have given it away, you know, and, and it was just so considerate of him. And I just looked at him and I was like, well, we don't know if that's going to happen and your friend needs it now. So it's okay by me. Um, 
and I don't think my dad and I have the same blood type. So that's also kind of like a thing, but, um, (laughs) but it didn't even occur to me, you know, but like he sat us down and got permission from all of us before he did it. Um, and like really not just, it wasn't even permission. It was just like, he just checked in, you know, it was just like, how do you feel about this? You know, like I'm only going to have one kidney. It ought not damage my health, but that was my sister's biggest concern was that it would, um, somehow shorten my dad's lifespan, you know, was like, not about us. So Like, cause I'm thinking like, it didn't occur to me. Like if you guys might need it either. Like that, like, I didn't think of that. <laughs> wow. Didn't occur. Yeah. Like that wasn't a thought that I had. I that just didn't cross my mind. Totally. Yeah. I love your father. Please tell him. I will. I will, Stacey. I'll uh, let him know. Yeah. Tell, tell him that, that I love him for being the kind of man that would, mm. that would make himself literally available to another person. Yeah. But that also that I'm really grateful that his sperm went half on a baby made you. Aww. And and thank your mom too. Oh, my mom's incredible. You got to listen. I'm going to have her on my podcast pretty soon. Really? Like, yeah, oh, yeah. Because she's, she's so, she's, I can't even. She's taught me so much and she's hilarious and she is an incredible storyteller. And uh, so much of who I am is, is I mean, I'm really, I am a lot of both of them, but kind of on the, yeah, she's great. So um, I will, t- I will tell them. I will tell them, Stacey. Thank you. Yes, thank you. You know, I was going to say, like, um, it, I'm not surprised that one of your or both of your parents are, are, are great storytellers because when you, you like, since you've been describing things, I'm like, oh, I could listen to her write <laughs> things all day long. I, lo- I love, like, I just, I, I'm, I love reading <laughs> and listening. And one of the things that, that I don't get done for me as often, but one of the ways that I can tell when I love someone is I want to do one or both of two things. I either want to read to them or I want to cook for them, but Aww. I don't get read to very often. So, right. I, but I love reading to people. Like I could like be naked and like lay next to you. And that's like, as good as fucking for me. Like, can I read to you? Like, <laughs> like that's a thing. Like it's foreplay. Like, can I read you something? So like just listening to you talk, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, so lovely. Yeah, like, I'm, and and for you, it's just it's just coming off your brain, and I'm like, oh my god, she uses such great words. Like, Aww. if I could see and feel everything when you start describing something, it becomes very visceral for me. Like, mm. you know, of course, I instinctively close my eyes, right. listen, but like, I can like, like even when you were like describing that massage. <laughs> like you know, like I put, I, 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 I muted myself. I'm like I'm gonna fall off this fucking chair in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, because I got all like soft. I was like, oh yeah, I could. Tell that was a good, that was a good massage. It was. <laughs> I was like, I could feel fingers in my on my scalp now. <sighs> Mm-hmm. And when you started like talking about like the, the, the squeezing of the wrists and I was just like, yeah, all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. I-, I could use some of that. I could use some of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, you're fantastic. Oh, you're fantastic. Let's see. Let me think. Okay. What's your signature sexual technique? Like if you were going to swap sexual recipes with someone, and you wanted to give them a go-to recipe for pleasure, what would you tell them? Um, I, don't I, know if, I don't know if I have a signature technique now that I, I ask you that. I don't know. I'm like, Stacey, I don't know. Like, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just, I'm like, well, 
um, you know, I read that one time that, (laughs) (laughs) you know, I'm having this, I'm imagining like doing really good butt squeezing while licking someone Mm -hmm. or blowing them or whatever you're doing, like a good, like a good ass squeeze. Mm -hmm. Wow. I think that's like an important thing. Maybe that would be my, don't get all caught up in the front. You know, you got to like round it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Um, a really great tip actually. Yeah. And maybe like some like back, like some gentle, depending on how, if they like it rough or soft, either some like soft back caressings to the, to the ass or some like some good quality, like clawing Mm -hmm. and grabbing like down the back into that space. Yeah. There we go. Look at that. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I got something. Yeah. There you go. (laughs) Well, you, you've got such a great understanding of the texture of sex. Mm. You know, because the reason I say that is so often because a lot of people do only focus on the front. And by that, uh, most of the time, it means just the down South region. Sure. Just the fucking generals. That's it. And like, like no real understanding or awareness because they, no one told them, you know, that, yeah. the, yeah. that the whole landscape of the body mm. is wired for pleasure. The whole thing. It, I mean, like all of it, mm-hmm. but like, you've got such a great grasp of like the texture, like, like, w- like listening to you. I'm like, Ooh, sex with her has got like all this texture. Mm. You know, that it's not just like smooth with just a bump down south. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) There's no striration. There's, you know, but like, like it feels like, it feels like really sensual because it feels like there's like all this texture to it. Yeah. I love that. Mm -hmm. I, uh, what's something that just came to me when you said that? Uh, I don't know. I left, I don't know, something, but yeah. Thanks. Cool. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Texture. Yeah, like that's what that, that's. I can't even think of another word to describe it because that's what it feels like to me. Oh, I know what I was going to tell you. I remember. So a couple of different things, right? So this is the same way that I do kind of all the work that I do, right? Which is like, and Stacey, I feel like you and I are definitely sisters in this way, which is like what I share with people or what I kind of offer to people I, I know in my own body and my bones, like I needed it at some point um, for the most part. Every once in a while, it's, you know, some divine guidance comes through, but a lot of the time I'm speaking from a level of experience, yes. at least related, you know? And most of that experience has to do with the experiences that I have, I like digest and, and kind of like analyze and sort and, and find like a lot more information in them than maybe just someone might from just an experience that comes and goes. Like an experience that comes and goes for me is usually like, it's a wealth spot, any of these experiences. So one of the things that I learned, right, is that like, it's not just like what you do something, how you do something, not just like the, the, the style on the surface, but like all of the combined things. I will never forget the first time someone licked my toes Mm. and I like just literally just gushed. Like I was just like, what the fuck just happened? Like, how did that just happen? Like, I think I'd had other people like kiss or lick my toes or do, you know what I mean? Like done affection and things like that. But it was like this moment, you know? And it was like, what I learned in that moment was that like, it was like, this person was like licking my entire being with whatever they had in front of them. 
Yeah. And that's what I felt. It was like, it's like they could have licked anything like my elbow and it like mm-hmm. wouldn't have mattered because it was this whole thing. And so it was like, like that. So I think some of that like texturing, it's like the whole body, the whole being, the emotional landscape, the mental activity, the like the tension, the waves, the quality, like all of those different things like determine what's happening and that I have the potential to be directing the way in which I'm contacting someone, you know? Um, And that when I really relax and get in that zone, you don't have to cultivate it. It just like takes over. If you're willing, then it takes over. You can like totally surrender. But in that surrendering, you really, for me, I really lose control over who I am and who I'll be afterwards, right? Oh my God. You know, you said that you haven't been fucking, but you just haven't been... (laughs) But I know you've been fucking. (laughs) I cannot imagine you not. Well, you know, in Tantra, they talk about uh, that, you know, ecstasy and the idea of Tantra is to be like living in constant ecstasy, to be like, be stimulated by and to be in the creative life force experience Mm -hmm. with existence. Yes. That I would say I am cultivating. Well, I think that you're doing a really great job. You're doing a really great job. I th- but you know, I think that that's so important because I think, especially in long-term relationships, because you know, we 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 bring our A game when we first meet someone, right? And then. And then they're like, you know, that you hear the conversations all the time with people. Well, you know, they used to do this. They thing. used to. They used that to. I've heard that shit out of my own mouth. Right? Like now we I used to. You yeah, used now to. Now we don't do this or whatever. But like. Back when we used to. I, I heard someone say, and it was a movie. I don't remember what movie, but, and I'm probably going to like really mess up the quote, but it was something to the effect of when a relationship ends, it just means you exhausted the possibilities. But I think that the only way the possibilities can be exhausted is if the two people don't do any work. Right. But if you are committed, if you are committed, like I feel so wholly devoted to myself Mm. that now that wasn't always true. Yeah. Like I I, I don't know if it was true last year. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's been true for me this year. Mm. Uh, But like I'm so wholly devoted to me that even when someone has acted up and I have wanted to go back into the habit of caving for peace and that kind of thing, I'm so wholly devoted to me that I know that there there have been relationships that I had to end simply because if I had done what I always do, I would have been complicit in the other person's mediocrity and yeah. also complicit in my own. Yep. And I'm so wholly devoted to me that I ain't got time to be half-stepping. <laughs> nope. I'm, I'm uninterested in that shit. I uh-uh. don't know how to play small. I don't want to be mediocre. That doesn't feel good. Yeah. But but in that, like, because that's been my, like, because I've been devoted to me, the way that I have shown up to relationships, platonic and otherwise, yeah. has has been very different. And so I feel like maybe for totally. the first time ever, and not every day, you know, that I am living in that space of of like 
sipping from the goblet of the universe. Like mm-hmm. I'm at the table, you know, mm-hmm. that I'm like, I got a seat at the table and, and I deserve to be here. And shit, I'm part of the table. Like, <laughs> I am the table. Right. I am the table. So, but really though, but like, no, really. Yeah. yeah, No, I'm with you. Like I am the table, but like no, I really am. I'm the fucking table. Exactly. Like to look at a tree. Like I have such an um, an I have a great relationship with trees. I just love trees. I Mm. I had. I I would love to be one today. Like I love them so much. But every time I look at one, and I'm like marveling. You know, like I'm looking. I'm like, oh my god, how old you must be, and how much you've seen, and and look how you're look how you stretch your limbs to let the sun kiss your leaves. You know, when I see that, then I'm reminded. I'm like, oh, that's me. <laughs> like yeah. I resonate so deeply because I am that. That yes. it is not separate from me. You know, it's kind of like when you when you hold your hand out of the car window and, and you're driving and you feel, you know, you can't see wind, but you know, wind exists because you keep feeling it seducing your arm. Like, yeah. <laughs> so you're like, yeah. I know you're alive because you keep kissing me. Yeah. Like, and it's like, Oh, I keep kissing me. It, I, I just, I love being able to finally, and again, not every day, yeah. but to finally be able to, to see myself as, as everything and not other. I've, I, I lived a long time as other. Mm. You know, I looked at my body as other. It was this thing like someone would compliment me on something like, oh, you've got great teeth. And I would say, oh, it came with the body. I still sometimes will say that if I'm not careful. Yeah. Like, like the body isn't me. Like, right. Like it's other because I, I, I did that for so long, but like now I'm like, oh, I'm all of the things. Yeah. It's especially all the delicious things. Cause it's easy for me to accept that, that I'm the shitty thing. <laughs> right. You know, but like yeah. things, all of those things. So I think that you're doing a really great job of that. Like I, I'm witnessing it. Like this is, this is the second time I've witnessed it. I do. I can say that I, I do probably every day. I think you do. I do. I do. Maybe even more of the day than less of the day. Mm-hmm. Because I pretty quickly find myself um, when, when, if I'm othering myself or if I'm panicking or if I'm trying to strip myself apart inside my head or the way that I'm behaving, pretty quickly that's being held inside something mm-hmm. else, you know? Um, takes like a special, it's like pretty rare that I have a couple days in a row that I, I feel like it's, I'm grasping at remembering. It's pretty rare now. That wasn't always the case, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and that it's practice. And I, I love, totally. you know, it's practices like every, every day, you know, every moment. Cause sometimes it's a moment to moment thing, you know, like, Yo, it's a fucking inhale to exhale. You know exactly. what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. But you get an opportunity to practice again. So yeah. You know, and even the the not so great tries, you know, that's still practice. It still counts. Totally. Yeah, it's it's totally still practice. I think that you're doing such an awesome job. <laughs> I'm gonna ask you one more question. One more. Okay. Okay, so this is a question that I ask on every single conversation because I think that it's so important. How do you like to be taken care of post sex? When it's when it's all over and 
you're feeling sated. Like what, what, what do you like to have happen most of the time? It doesn't have to be like your all of the time thing, but like, what's your, what's the thing that you most often desire when, when it's all said and done? Um, I think it, look, I'm bracing my, I'm bracing myself. I'm closing my eyes. I'm listening. I think it, it varies. You know, on kind of the first things that come to my mind as I kind of sort sort through this is like uh, sleeping, um, eating, um, you know, and and then it's like that. It's like because it's praying. What's interesting to me is that like that really sated place you're talking about that place. It means that there was a lot of praying that happened. Mm. You know, so it's like it's a it's a post ceremony, post prayerful place. Um, and so I like a uh, gentle language, playful, gentle language. This can be the trickiest part for people because I'm, I have a good, like a, like a giggly, playful, affectionate space. Um, but I want it to be tender. I don't want it to get kind of like, I don't want like sarcastic or mean or cutting or like, you know what I mean? Like that can be yeah. a little edgy, my little like East coast edgy girl, but it's like in that space, I like, you know, it's, uh like playful dream scaping, you know, I love in that space. I love to hear about like what's possible kind of weaving, mm-hmm. I think kind of in that, in that post creative creatrix kind of wave to, to have a, a, a quietness, a playfulness, uh, a weaving, a dream weaving space. And then also just the, what comes to mind is caring for my body, going to the bathroom, eating, resting, if it's late, um, like sleeping, uh, you know, whatever that, if we if we're spent, if I'm spent, then, then it's like the work's done. So just whatever needs to be done to kind of care for it. And then, um, the other thing that was handed to me years ago was kind of from the shamanic perspective that when we make love with one another, we really merge our beings. And so when it's all said and done to say at the end, and now I come back to myself. Oh, that got me in the heart space. You do that to me every time. <laughs> that was good. Yeah. Oh, so that I, was love, I love that. Passed on by Shunasi Rose um, and her teachers. And, um, and, and so that's definitely something my wife and I have practiced and found it to be incredibly useful. And in, even so much so that if it's like hours later and we forgot, someone will be like, oh, we forgot to come back to ourselves. And it's obvious we can tell because we're a little bit mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. still wandering around with each other, you know, and it's like to come back and have it be complete. And then once it's complete, it's really a kind of a deep breath and what's next. Yes. I love that. That was nourishing for me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Like I feel, yeah. Like, hmm. I'm loving that. This has been so great. <laughs> like, thank you. So, like, this thank- has been so great. Like, I just, I could listen to you that like, I literally, I could imagine myself like sitting at your feet, just listening to you talk. Oh, Stacey. Yes. Like I, I just enjoy you so much. I love the way you use language. I love the I love the way you use language because it feels like you are just languaging 
the communication of your body when I hear you speak. That's what it feels like to me. That it doesn't feel like it's coming, like it, it doesn't feel like it's just this cerebral thing. It feels like like a very experiential thing. Yeah. And that's that's why I yeah, I, I could listen to you talk all day. Look, I can't wait to listen to the next episode of your podcast. <laughs> so that I can listen to you. <laughs> Thank you. Stacy. you're an inc- you're incredible. I'm really grateful for our time today. You're really incredible, uh, insightful, again, embodied from your own place. It's really incredible to listen to you speak and to sit with you too. It's really, I had that, that feeling multiple times today, just feeling really blessed to, to be with your wisdom and to be with your medicine and to just sit with you. And, and like I said, I think it said at least once, like just taking it in, just like really being with that, that knowing, I mean, you really walk in such a deep knowing and it's, you're generous with it. And I appreciate that. Uh, that gave me soul pimple. So yes, mm. that, you know, it's so one of those things that I still have such a hard time when someone says to me like wisdom or like those kinds of words there is still a part of me that's like, really? <laughs> like, like, really? Because, you know, like, that's not like, I, it's just me talking, like me having sharing, but it, so it never feels like, and maybe because I don't get to witness myself that way every now and then, like when I'm listening to a recording of myself or right. watching myself on a video or I'm editing something, I'll say something. Cause, cause I don't, print, right. you know, and, that, right. and then you'll myself. be like, Oh yeah, that's <laughs> totally like, cause it doesn't oh. like, I don't have any kind of, I still see myself with the same wonder as mm. I did as a toddler, you know, when you see a toddler and they, they don't know that that's themselves in the mirror. Yeah. I still have that whenever I hear my own voice on recording mm. or when I watch a video of myself, like my daughter gets oh. a kick out of it. She's like, I love watching you watch you because my face does all the expressions that I see my face doing. Like I'm like, it mimics it. Right, right, right. But there's a part of me that, that even after 44 years still can't believe that's me. That's so dear. Yeah, that it's like, oh, wow. So so when I hear someone else say it, it's just like, really? Because every now and then I witness it myself that I'm like, that was good. You know? Totally, or, <laughs> like, totally. I re- that was, you know, I, I listen, people kind of, whatever, people have, think it's funny, but I listen to my own um, like guided meditations. Like I use them to like reset myself. And that, you know, that didn't happen for a long time. I like would produce stuff or do things and I wouldn't listen to it or look at it. I would just be like, okay, here it is. I hope it helps you, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, But like the evolution of being actually like being able to take in and drink from that well Mm -hmm. um, is like a, is like a fairly recent, like past few years kind of development. And it's become very, very sweet and very dear. And um, I think is totally exactly what you're talking about is this like, dedication to self and and loving actual really loving like appreciating having those moments where like I do something and I'm silly and I think it's funny and then I say something and I'm like oh shit that was brilliant <laughs> you know like whoa you know and it's this it's tender and I just I love I just love picturing you watching your own your face doing all the same things and just being delighted it's so it's so holy you know, I think, well, I didn't have a lot of experience witnessing myself in the younger years. I mean, the technology is very different now. So yeah. it wasn't like I saw myself on camera all the time. I do remember in middle school, I went to a performing arts school and being in like video production and being very uncomfortable watching myself being played back. 
but like now that I'm older and because I've done so much of my own work and, and healed some of my really tender parts, I definitely have a, a reverence for myself that didn't exist 20 years ago. Mm. Yeah, I like this girl. She's really cool. Totally. Like she, and she's different than, 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 than I, you know, like I'm a different woman than I was earlier this year. Like I, I went on a silent retreat in June and I went knowing that the woman I was had nothing left to say and that the silent retreat was a proper burial for her because the, the next, you know, incarnation of myself had already taken root. And so this, this woman is, she's fierce as a motherfucker. It's great. Like, <laughs> I, love I love her. I yeah, love you. Yeah. Great. So yeah. I, I, I love you so much. I, I love you am, too. I'm so grateful for you. I am so grateful for the expansive and evolutionary space you're in, in your marriage. You know, and I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait to talk to you after you guys start physically fucking. Cause you definitely been fucking. I know this. I know that you guys have been making incredible love in yeah, non-sexual sure. ways. That's real. So, That's really real. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I can feel that just from listening to you talk. So the, the I, intimacy is high yeah. and intact for sure. And yeah. And, and yeah. I think that it's wonderful because so often people, you know, we've been conditioned to believe that sex and intimacy are one and the same. Right. They are not. Nope. You know, you you can have a relationship and have no intimacy. And so I think that the fact that you guys are really being intentional about cultivating the soil. Mm. you know, for, for different types of intimacy to grow. I think that that's amazing. And I think that when you do decide when the timing is right, and you'll know, you know, when, when the timing is right for you to commune again in, in, in a spiritual space, because it's going to be that, then it's just going to be more than you could imagine. I think that you guys are just really becoming more of yourselves and when you come together again in that way, it's going to be mind blowing. I accept your blessing. I wholeheartedly agree. And I'm thank you for hearing and listening and knowing it feels really good to have that, had that moment of like, is this, am I going to share, you know, it's, this is like some tender stuff. I mean, I don't mind sharing mine, but there's no way to share this without sharing her yeah. business, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so it's like, it just, it felt like the right place to do it. And I'm just really grateful for the way in which you hear truth and um and the way that i feel like you've really actually really heard um and honored our marriage and our journey so thank you for that yeah well and and you did a really great job of sharing your experience without oversharing her experience good yeah no <laughs> Because I, I, I have a thing with that too. I, I'm mm. always really cognizant of like, you know, because I'm open. I'll like talk anything about myself, I'll share. Yeah. But like, I'm really very conscious about not, you know, because my comfort doesn't dictate someone else's level of comfort yeah. in what's happening for them. So I think that you did a really great job of sharing your experience without like sharing too much of her experience. You honored her and, and I honor you for that. Like this respect in relationships is so important. And you, you, you respected boundaries there. 
And, and it, and it wasn't like a violation of consent. Like you did all the things, like you did all the things. Thank you. So thank you for, for trusting Mm. this container enough to share your truth. And I'm just excited for your journey. I love your podcast. I'm definitely going to be adding a link to, to your podcast. And it was one of the best conversations I've had. So thank you for doing that. You are magic. So thank you. <laughs> Look, takes one to know one. Right. Exactly. Takes one to know one. I say that to people all the time. Yep. Takes one to know one for sure. I love you. I love yes. you too. Yes, yes, yes. The Sensuality Project is produced, edited, and hosted by me. Music by bensound.com. The Sensuality Project podcast is a production of stacyherrera.com.